Hello and welcome to the final episode of season two of the Crew Area podcast. In today's episode, we interviewed Ryan Naksal. Ryan is a young Moroccan leader, the editor in chief of the Bureau de Jean Reporter, a writer for Moroccan Digest and a member of Le Lucien. He's also a writer for Politics for Her and the founder of Point Culture, a podcast about politics and arts. Very excited for you to listen to today's episode. Ryan is a great example of a young leader that's using his talent for writing and art to create impact in his community and the world at large. I hope you enjoy. Hey, I'm Ryan Larzel, and I am a writer, young leader from Morocco, and founder of Point Culture, and you're listening to The Curry Podcast. Welcome everyone. Welcome back to the Kureri Podcast. I am Otoshi. I am currently 18 in 11th grade from Bangladesh. And I am today very delighted to have Ryan with us here today. Uh, Ryan, first Hello. on Kureri's podcast. Hi. On <laughs> Kureri's podcast, the first question we usually go with is, who is Ryan? Could you tell us a bit? about yourself, your journey. Yes, Please, absolutely. Yeah. I'd love to share my journey with you all. First and foremost, I want to express my gratitude to Zulu and Tushi for having me on this fantastic podcast. It's truly an honor to be here, honestly, and to share my story with all of you listeners. So a bit about me, I am Rael Larzal, a Moroccan high schooler currently uh, navigating uh, my journey year at Groupe uh, de la Residence and also at, at uh, Academica International Studies, where I'm also enrolled in the American High School program, the dual diploma. And yes, I am 16 years old. People usually react with surprise when they hear my age. So my journey into journalism began when I was a mere 13 years old. I discovered a journalism club in my school called Le Bureau de Jean Porter. And you know those clubs you often see in American high school movies? And I was so passionate about it. I just felt like I had to join one. And thankfully, I got accepted. Honestly, I uh, I shudder to think what my life would be like if I hadn't made it in. And I can't even imagine the person I'd be today. I firstly started as a video editor because uh, back then I uh, didn't quite have... Uh, the confidence to take on the roles of a writer or a reporter. But you know what? It turned out to be an amazing experience. I really got to explore uh, this whole new world and I was hooked. So the following year, I was promoted to be a reporter and even took on the responsibility the responsibility to of, uh, of leading the middle school team and the video editor's crew. So we worked on many projects, but one that truly stands out the most is a video I had the opportunity to produce with a really, really close friend. And it was all about Breast Cancer Awareness Month, Pink October. So we interviewed students and teachers aiming to understand how this global campaign was perceived worldwide 
and if it effectively raised awareness among the youth. And then came the unaccepted tweets. I was appointed to be the editor-in-chief of a well-known media outlet, particularly within uh, the IFU network, so the Agency for French Education Abroad. And to be honest, I didn't fully comprehend the magnitude of uh, it all back then. Everything just happened so quickly. So we even managed to establish a branch of the media outlets in uh, Bouskoura, a city in Morocco, with a team of more than 40 journalists. And one of our most significant achievements was uh, covering the Salon Avenir France, a massive event that seven, I think, no, I think, yeah, it's seven, more than 700 people. And so we had this incredible opportunity to, to interview in this event, the Chargé d'Affaires for the Embassy of France in Morocco. And, you know, thinking back, it was such an unforgettable experience because, I mean, the pressure was intense with the embassy, with the embassy staff and security all around us. And I mean, I was the, the one who was really, really nervous because it was my first time interviewing such a high profile personality. And there was this amusing moment when I asked him about organizing events for uh, Moroccan students. And he had to consult someone else leading to a really, really memorable interview moment. After the, uh, after a year filled with accomplishments and incredible projects alongside the surely fantastic team, I find myself today in my second year as editor-in-chief. In addition to uh, my role at uh, Le Bureau de Reporter, I'm also writer for uh, Moroccan Digest, a, a magazine based in both uh, Morocco and the US. So I also had the privilege of writing an article about a woman in governments for politics for her. But that's not all. I'm also part of an association called L'Edicéen, where we advocate for high schoolers' rights. And one of our main goals is really to be um, the voice for all French high school students in France and also abroad. And Personally, this role is particularly special to me because I am uh, I have the chance to be one of two Moroccans uh, representing uh, high schoolers from uh, French high schools abroad. So I think that pretty much sums up my journey so far. I'm incredibly passionate about continuing to make a difference. I think I hope I didn't talk too fast. <laughs> and yeah, that's it. No, it's fine. It was a very quick trip briefing about all your life, your entire life. But now I'd like to tell, ask you, as you've told us before, that you go to a French school in a dual diploma program, a French school and an American school. And you also did one semester in an exchange program in Bulgaria. Uh, would you like to tell us yes. more about that international experience, especially and going around the world and seeing the world, especially in detail? And uh, do tell us how it all began for someone like me who doesn't have much idea about how it goes uh, from the beginning. Please do start. Thank you. Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. 
So as I mentioned, I got the incredible opportunity to study in both a French school right here in Casablanca and at the same time at an American high school called Academica International Studies over in Florida, USA. But the real magic happened during my exchange semester in Sofia, Bulgaria. That city, oh my God, it's really stole my heart. Like the culture, the people, everything felt like a revelation. And I do have to tell you, I totally fell in love with that city. Uh, one of the things that really fascinated me was how people were so different than, than the people we have here in Morocco. I mean, sure, I was in a French school here, so academically we covered similar stuff, even the language. So I could communicate with them just fine, but it was just a whole different word compared to what I'm used to be here. So I think these experiences, you know, they've had a huge impact on me, but I think it was really the way they thought. I mean, our conversations, it was it just was a whole different word compared to what I, to us to what I'm used to here. So I think these experiences, you know, they've had a really, really huge impact on me. Uh, and they're probably a big part of why I have this uh, really open mind and why I'm always so eager to learn uh, from different cultures and perspectives. And I really realized the huge value in embracing these differences. I mean, they kind of enrich, uh, enrich our lives and broaden our horizons, don't they? That's so amazing. Zulu, would you like to yeah, add? Yeah, that's, it was really good to like hear a lot about your experience in school and the amazing opportunity you had to learn in different countries and with different people. And I can really tell like the passion that you have for learning. But I would like to know what really started your what ignited like your vision or your passion for change and creating impact because not everybody has had experiences like yours and some people might have had experiences like yours but might not have seen like how they could create impact but like what started that for you yeah sure so you know it's kind of hard to pinpoint really one moment but i guess a real game changer for me was back in my third year of middle school in the French school. And I was lucky enough to be uh, chosen back then by my classmates to be their, their representative in the front of the teachers and administ administration and all. And it was a big deal for me at that time. But what struck me was how nobody seemed to take us, you know, the youth, seriously. We were talking about democracy and everyone having a voice. But in reality, it was a struggle to get adults to really listen to us. And at one point, I remember asking myself why we had all these elections and discussions about being heard if age seemed to be a barrier. I mean, for me, it became crystal clear to me that we needed to fight for the youth to have a genuine say. And it's just not, it's not, it's not just about my story. It's really about every story out there who deserve a fair shot it's about breaking down uh, these barriers that limit our potential i mean i want to be a part of a world where every young voice matters where every idea no matter how young their mind behind it can make it different so that's why so that's why i decided to step up and run for a student representative on the high school council and, you know, representing over 500 students was really eye-opening. 
uh, realized the importance of fighting for our voices to be heard. And that journey led me to uh, L'Elysian, so the French association uh, dedicated to advocating for high school students. And today I am probably, uh, I probably represent uh, Moroccan students in the organization. And I'm not gonna lie, injustice, especially in education, has always bothered me. I think I strongly believe that everyone, regardless of where they come from, deserve the same opportunity. And I do honestly think that this belief drives me every way, every day in my advocacy work. So yeah. Well, that's amazing to hear. And it's it's so good to like hear how you like you took the experiences that you had as a student representative and thought like what can I do to like address this issue? And yeah, I think many many of our listeners should like be able to gain some knowledge from you and see that you didn't see something wrong and sit back and think, oh, well, there's nothing I can do to change this. And yeah, I think that that's really inspiring, Ryan. Thank you. Over to you, Atushi. Hey, yes, I also thought that was very interesting of you. And I think doing all of this, being multi-versatile, like I can see you're so multidimensional. Uh, I'd like to ask you the next question, which is we really don't like to use the word failure on Kureri. So I want to ask you, what has been the biggest setback till now in doing all of this, especially as a student representative, uh, raising social awareness amongst your peers? And how did you do them? How did you solve them and handle them? Yeah, sure. Uh, it's quite a difficult question to respond. But I, when I think back, I think there was this one moment uh, a bit challenging, you know? I felt this gap, this, this distance between me and my peers. And it was though because I wanted to raise awareness, make them care about social justice. But I felt like it seemed like they just weren't interested. So at one point I decided to that I had to change my approach. Instead of just talking, I really started listening. And so I organized discussions, you know, where everyone could share their thoughts. And uh, what I found out was that most of them thought this, uh, these uh, global issues were too distant to win related to their lives. But here's the thing, I didn't give up and I knew I had to find a way to make them see the importance. So I came up with creative events, events uh, something they could relate to. So I wanted to show them uh, that these big issues were relevant to their life too. And you know what? It worked slowly but surely that gap started to close it taught me that persistence and thinking outside the box can um, really make a difference and you know it's about finding common ground making these global issues for feel personal thank you so much i loved how you talked about listening more than speaking i think as a generation we really need to work on just listening because once I realized the importance of actually just sitting there and listening to whatever they might have to say, sometimes it might not go with your opinion or your views on life, but sometimes another person just needs you to listen to them. And once you do, and once you respond in that regard, I think it makes a huge difference in their life and they actually finally will cooperate with you. So I'm very glad that you mentioned about listening. I think that's a very important important aspect and I love how you talked about organizing discussions would you like to tell more about 
what kind of discussions and how did you arrange them? Yeah, sure. So at first we organized uh, meetings for uh, some classes and we also organized meetings uh, with all the representatives uh, that represented the classes. And we really talked about what challenges and what people wanted to, to create, uh, talking about projects and also the difficulties that they found in their lives. And we really, really uh, debated on this subject. And, and finally, we, we, you know, we found the solutions together. And I think that's really the way we should work. And that was the way that worked for us. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, you told us that you did not give up at all and you worked for it. Would you like to tell us about your biggest success that you think? I mean, you have a lot of success, but what's <laughs> one success that you really want to share? Please do share with us. Yeah, thank you. So absolutely, you know, I think, firstly, my biggest successes come from those moments when I see the hope lighting up the faces of people, especially the youth, when we create a project for them. I mean, it's really an incredible feeling, you know, to witness their enthusiasm, their belief that they can make different. And there was also this beautiful day, you know, when I had the chance to interview the Charité d'Affaires of the French Embassy that I talked later on. I mean, it really was a moment filled with both responsibility and honor, realizing the impact of my work on such a level. And uh, not to forget, at one point, I stumbled upon a journal talking about my project and my hope to inspire Moroccan youth to engage more in social causes. And when I think about it again, it was such a surreal moment. I mean, I felt like it was really validation of the message I'm trying to spread, you know, that young people have uh, the power to drive a positive change in our society. And these experiences, they, uh, I mean, they fool my passion. They remind me of why I do what I do. And it's this, and the, and it's this moment that really keep me going, pushing me to do more, uh, be more, and I hope so to inspire more. That's so amazing. Zulu, would you like to add something? I think that it was so good like hearing how you turned like specifically when atoshi asked about your biggest setback it was so good hearing about how you turned something that like seemed like so like a, a failure or we don't use the word failure here but like a regret and it was good like hearing what you learned from that experience and how you turned it around and tried to make it like a success and engage like your fellow course mates or classmates and I think a few things I picked up was the importance of listening, as Atoshi also said. And you said something about how you were able to make these global issues personal for your classmates. And I think that that's something that's really important. And of course, something that we're trying to do at Creria is show people that like, they can create like impact with their small actions. And I also loved how you said that finding solutions together is so important. And I couldn't agree more. But apart from all these things, do you think that there's any other thing that you've learned or gained from these experiences that you've had, whether setbacks, whether successes, all of that? You know, I think I gained so much from these experiences, but first and foremost, I gained a profound sense of purpose. I mean, being able to make a difference, even in small ways, is incredibly empowering. It's like, at one point, I 
really realize that my actions, my word, they could actually shape the world around me. And moreover, I gained, I think, a deep understanding of the issue faced by my communities, by um, the youth especially. It's like stepping into their shoes, you know, understanding their struggle, their dreams. I mean, it taught me empathy and, you know, this genuine connection with the people I'm trying to help. And, you know, it's... It's when I was saying, listening, it's really a connection. It's really connected with what I'm, what I'm saying. And, but on a personal level, I think I also gained confidence. I mean, the more I engaged in these initiatives, the more I realized the impact one person can have. And it's like every success, every setback, they shaped me into a more resilient, more determined individual. And, uh, yeah, I'm endlessly grateful for each and every lesson, even the people that surrounds me, taught me. And it's also great, you know, to have incredible people, mentors, friends, who share the same passion for positive change. And it's really inspiring to be surrounded by uh, like-minded individuals who constantly push me to do better, to dream big uh, bigger. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that having mentors is also so important and you know people always speak about it but having that person that you can look up to who has gone through things that like you probably haven't gone through who can give you advice who can who you can learn from and who can also learn from you is so important and this question I guess like picture yourself as being a mentor to your younger self younger Ryan what advice would you give to younger Ryan, whether it's advice from all the things that you've experienced or things that you've gotten from your mentors over time, what what would you tell like young Ryan, who maybe had just been appointed as student representative in his school? If I could go back and talk to young Ryan, you know, there's so much I would say. First and foremost, I'd say believe in yourself. I mean, at one point, I didn't fully trust my abilities, my ideas. I'd probably tell so young Ryan that every thought, every dream he has is valid and worth pursuing. It's like self-belief is, I think it's really the first step toward any meaningful ch change. And I'd probably say embrace failure. You know, at one point I used to fear making mistakes, but I've learned, but I've learned through time that every setback is a lesson, a stepping stone towards success. It's, uh, you know, it's true, these failures that we grow, that we refine our strategies. And at one point, we come back stronger and more determined. And um, yeah, so, and I would probably, uh, lastly, say, stay curious. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's definitely the question uh, I would also ask. I mean, it's like, never stop asking questions, exploring new ideas. And I mean, it's the spark that keeps the fire of change burning. So, yeah. Wow, honestly, I feel like, Ryan, you are wise beyond your years. And I kind of get it now when you said that many people don't believe that you're 16 because, like, you've dropped, like, so many nuggets of wisdom. And I know that people listening would definitely take your advice to heart. So thank you for sharing. Thank you.
I'd also like to add to what he said about staying curious. I think it's so important because sometimes the failures can set you back and you can be like, I don't want to be curious anymore. I can just stay silent and can just listen and like go back home and just think about it. And you stop asking the questions, right? And you stop being the bothering entity in the room. But the moment you stop doing that is the moment you start falling behind. And it's going to take you a long time to again build up that confidence, which you were already there with. So it's very important to remind yourself to stay curious. It's like, I don't care. I'm just going to ask the questions. And I think in a previous episode of ours, there was another of our guests who she also told us about never to just ask that one question, never to just ask. And I think that's what I learned so much from that. Just the importance of just asking one time. It's not going to cost you anything. You can just feel a bit uh, inferior for like a second, but you can just ask it away and you can think about it later on. It's not going to cost you anything. So I'm really, really glad that you spoke about it. And I absolutely agree with you on that. Zulu, do we think we can go to the next question or do you want to add something? No, you can go ahead, Atoshi. I think you said very, like, you put it really well. Okay, amazing. So, Ryan, you told us about working with the ambassador of Panama to Morocco. I hope I'm right. Can you tell yes. us a bit more about work about that experience and how did you deal with arranging conferences from the former ambassador of Panama and how did it impact your career moving forward? Since I'm pretty sure it's a pretty big deal. So, yeah. Yeah, so sure. So arranging the conference for the former ambassador of Panama, Gloria Young, I mean, that was quite an experience, you know. So we had this Spanish teacher who had uh, a direct contact with her. And we sh- and we and when we uh, when she told us about this, I was like, wow, this really could be chance. And, you know, a chance to ask my teacher to to actually ask uh, Gloria to come to our school for a conference. And at one point, I approached my teacher with a feeling of excitement and also a never, uh, a never, uh, a stress maybe. You know, I was just a student back then, and the prospect of organizing something of this scale was both thrilling and intimidating. But at one point, I gathered my courage and proposed the idea. And to my surprise, my teacher was supportive. I mean, can you imagine, like, this was Gloria Young, uh, a diplomat, and we were about to host her at our school. So I was so, so happy to actually be the one who got to organize this whole event. And, I mean, I could definitely say that the preparation was so intense. Uh, There were uh, numerous uh, meetings, coordination with school staff, ensuring every detail was flawless. It was really, really hard. And unfortunately, my school exchange in Sofia coincided with the conference day. Like it was especially like it was a big challenge. But the fact that I, that the actual day where the conference ha- was going to take, being uh, the the day where I was uh, going to to go in Bulgaria to take my flight, was uh, was a uh, even a bigger deal. So I had to uh, to uh, challenge to manage everything uh, by phone calling that, calling this, making sure everything is right. And I was actually in the airport, uh, in the airport of Frankfurt in Germany, waiting for my flight and still managing everything remotely. So I think that was a moment I would never forget. 
And uh, after the conference, I received some calls from my friends that um, who couldn't believe how the conference happened. And you know, afterward, our school media uh, le bureau de gens parterre even had the opportunity to interview Gloria. And when I saw everything, you know, all the videos that they sent me and the interview itself, it was amazing to to see how it did well. And it was also amazing how one uh, to see how one event could uh, could spark so many discussions and inspire not only me but also my entire circle of friends. And uh, since that day, I think I've been committed to engaging with influential fig figures, contributing to meaningful conversation, and also inspiring others on their own paths. That's really incredible. I think I need to learn time management skills from you because I could have never done that. I think I freeze before one meeting or one call for two hours. I just have a big freeze. And I'd also like to add how this story just proves our previous conversation that we were having about asking. You just asked your school teacher, even though you didn't think this could have been possible, but uh, he or she agreed to let you have this. So just bring up the courage and just be curious enough to ask. I think it's a very perfect anecdote to our previous conversation. Right, Zulu? Yes, definitely. I like when when he told the story of that definitely took me back to the question that you answered earlier ryan about how you just took a chance and adding on to like what atoshi said like as we always say like a no won't kill you so it's really important to put yourself out there and if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out and you you at least you leave that situation knowing that you've learned something about it so yeah okay so I would like to know a bit more about point culture. Could you tell us a bit about what that is and how it started? And yeah. Yeah, sure. So point culture, uh, point culture in English, it's a podcast I founded with my best friend, uh, Badja Rami. So we had this idea of creating a podcast one day when we were hanging out in summer. So, you know, we were just, hanging out and we thought hey why not make a podcast about politics art and society and it's what's really you know get us going and sparks our curiosity so we so we decided to really start this project and after our first podcast about the role of art and society we got this amazing response uh, we had many many people sending us uh, dms on instagram and telling us that they liked the podcast and, and it was really really supportive from them and for, uh, especially because it was our first podcast and then we thought okay let's tackle something more complex and we did an episode on the russia ukraine conflict and it was crazy because we how could we also draw parallels to the situation between taiwan and china and it felt like at one point we were in this loop you know and in this thing you know we had this chance to to talk about this and it's really appealed to to our uh, to our listeners and they really liked this so and then this incredible opportunity came up we got to, to interview the famous French artist Bro. So we talked about her latest album, her life and her art. I mean, it was mind blowing, you know, to get into the into nitty gritty of an artist's creative process and life experience. I mean, looking ahead, we were super excited. We're, we're actually 
planning to have more podcasts and we're hoping to bring in, you know, influential political party personalities. And, you know, by having these voices on our show, we aim, you know, broaden our discussions and give our listeners uh, diverse perspectives. And it's uh, one thing that is really important for us on this uh, on this subject, really, you know, uh, give our listeners, uh, listeners, I'm sorry, uh, lots of points of views, not, our, not only ours uh, point of view and especially about the pressing issues around the world. So, Poincultur, it's not just a podcast. It's, it's really this living, evolving conversation about the world we live in. And, you know, we're just thrilled to keep the dialogue going, exploring the depth of politics, art, and society, and uh, hopefully, you know, inspiring uh, others along the way. That's amazing, Ryan, and I hope that people check out Point Point Culture. I will not attempt to say it in French because I know that I will probably butcher it. <laughs> but it sounds like very exciting, and I think it also shows like the love that you have for like world news and journalism. And yeah, I, I would definitely check it out, and I hope our listeners check it out too. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think we uh, Zulu and I both are also very enthusiastic about stuff like this we both have done model events zulu has attended the very famous international model events she has achieved much more than me so we would i think we would love to hear more about the debates that you guys have over there i think it, it is it's gonna be a great lesson for us and also that you also uh, are into debating i didn't know that thanks for letting me know that's incredible for doing so much stuff at such young age also um, thank you i would also like to say that atoshi is being very humble she recently won like a really prestigious award in a model un competition so <laughs> just wanted to put that out there so zulu would you like to go with the next question or yeah sure or do you want to ask a question about like journalism atoshi and le bureau de jean report <laughs> yeah, le bureau de ma partner. It's a bit hard. It's French. So oh, yeah. yeah, sure. Ryan, uh, what is the goal, your mission and vision of your world and with journalism? Uh, tell us a bit more about you being an editor-in-chief and also being a contributor and writer at Moroccan Digest. I've checked out the website of Moroccan Digest and it was a very exciting and enthralling i'm like wow this is a very big deal so yes i'm very excited to hear what you have to say about it yeah thank you so absolutely you know as the editor-in-chief of the bureau de jeunes parterre pdgr our mission is really to amplify the voices of the youth we delve into a myriad of uh, topics from tackling critical global issues to spreading awareness during uh, significant months like um, Leslie we posted a, a publication about the, the month of su suicide prevention and uh, also for uh, pink uh, October and you know at one point we even created this huge video about it and uh, you know as as i said before i think it was one of our uh, most popular video so i am really glad that uh, it re it's really liberated uh, so many people especially for a topic that is really important to raise awareness about and uh, you know it's not just about discussing these uh, issues we create you know we create impactful content including uh, compelling videos aiming to truly uh, make a difference uh, so about my role 
uh, in Moroccan Digest. I am a writer, and I think my focus lies more in illuminating the the vibrant tapestry of Moroccan culture. Uh, through my article, I really uh, I I really aspire to 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 inspire positive change and bridge cultural gaps. You know, it's really about capturing the various sense of Morocco its traditions, its stories, and the unique na narratives that uh, make our culture so rich and, uh, and di diverse. So I think my work isn't confined to my words. It's a, it's, a it's a dynamic journey of empowerment, awareness, and also celebration of uh, diversity. So uh, to engaging uh, storytelling, my aim is really to foster understanding and uh, unity. Uh, breaking down barrier one article at uh, uh, at time, you know. So this journey is about more than just words. It's really about um, connecting people, inspire change, and uh, creating a world where the diverse uh, voices are are not just heard but truly understood. And just to go back a little about Moroccan Digest, it's um, it's a magazine. I don't think I had the chance to talk about it. But it's a it's a magazine based in Morocco and the U.S. and it's really inspired by the whole concept of Vogue. And we really, as I said, delve into the Moroccan culture, its tradition, and you know uh, its stories and uh, the culture. So yeah. Yeah, I I checked out the website and the travel guide and like the lifestyle. It was very gorgeous looking and luxurious. I was like very. Uh, what can I say? Excited <laughs> to see everything, like what's mm -hmm. going on, and I'm and I'm really glad how you talked about diversity and uh, diversity of culture. One article at a time, big words. Um, just like how three of us are in totally three different places right now, I think it's a very good culmination of what you were trying to say, and also of unity. So uh, that's that really inspired me. Yeah. So Zulu, do you want to add something? Yeah, I I definitely agree with everything that Toshi has said, and I also like wanted to mention that like Ryan also you've also written for Politics for Her, and Politics for Her was started by Yasmina Bensliman, who yeah was, yeah she was a guest on our podcast as well. She I think she was the second ever guest on on the career podcast so it's very cool to see like how the world of like impact also like interconnects and how small like the world is but yeah 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 like, i love that you're using like your writing skills to like create impact and create change and i think it also shows like any young person that's listening that you can use the talents you have to create an impact to to change the world and yeah very cool yeah thank you Atashi, you could go ahead with the next question. So, Brian, being a young change maker and also doing so much, being such multidimensional, uh, we'd like to ask you, what's the winning formula for a young person who wants to make a change in their community? And what will be your tips for those young people and their community? Yeah, sure. So I personally think that, you know, um first and foremost it's all about knowledge i mean the first thing 
is to that is really important is about educating ourselves about the challenges our community face empowers us and we're talking about understanding the integrity about education disparities to environmental concerns i think that knowledge becomes our superpower there is also networking yeah networking is like really important it's like building a powerhouse team when we connect with passionate minds and community driven organizations i think that magic really happens you know we brainstorm innovate and strategize and i think that collaborating multiplies our impact it's like an amplifier for our ideas and i mean creativity is it's also a secret weapon. I mean, it's my secret weapon. Like whether it's through social media campaigns, vibrant events, or interactive content, we're making waves. We tell stories, powerful stories that resonate. And uh, at one point, I was a part of a campaign that uh, used art and storytelling to break down barrier. And I think it was incredible. And we do that uh, uh, every time with the uh, with Le Bureau de Jean Parterre. You know, we create content, you know, and we use really the creativity to touch everyone and uh, from everywhere. Incredible. Thank you so much, Ryan. I think what you said is incredible for the youth. And I think uh, it's definitely going to help us in the community. So, Ryan, Kuraria is an Isoko word. Um, it's in my language, um, Isoko, and it means change. Um, and we're focused on like showing like young people how they can create impact in their communities. But one thing that's really important to us and one question that we always ask our guests is what change means to them. So what does change mean to you? This is a question that's really difficult. Change. I think that it's not just a word change. It's for, for my opinion, in my opinion, it's really a, a transformation. It's it's a revolution. It's that magical spark that turns dreams into reality, and you know challenges into triumphs. Like I honestly think that change is like canvas waiting for us to paint it with our actions. So for me, change means breaking free from the chains of the status quo it's about dismantling the barriers that hold us back embracing new perspectives and to me i think that change is really the essence of life's continuous journey where every step forward is a statement to our collective potential that was, that was an amazing response and it, it didn't sound like that question was difficult for you because you gave us like so many good definitions of change yeah yeah from I, I particularly liked when you said that change is a canvas waiting for us to paint it and i think that that's such a beautiful way of defining what change means to you and you also said that change is like breaking the chains of the status quo and that's it's just like really a really good way of like showing people like how important change is and how impactful change mm -hmm. can be. Yeah. Thank you so much for telling us what change means to you, Ryan. Um, it's been fantastic speaking with you, learning so much about your journey and 
I'm definitely sure that like this would be inspiring for any anyone that's listening to see like how you've taken the opportunities that you've been given and you've not just like sat back but you've thought like okay how can I inspire people how can I empower people empower young people like me and I think it's laudable like all the work that you've done and all the work that I'm sure that you'll continue to do and speaking of the work that you continue to do we'd love to hear like what the plans are for your future like what do you plan on doing personally with your podcast with your your work on um writing and journalism all the amazing things that you're doing yes so i think that mainly my my main goal is to keep rocking it as the editor in chief you know at the bureau de journal porter and steering that ship of creativity and knowledge and but there is also i think also my other goals is to you know going deeper into creating more as a project for the association I'm, I'm engaged with like Elysian and uh, planning to create more obviously engaging podcasts for Point Culture and at one point uh, inspire even more young minds and uh, yeah so there is also this project that I'm working on and I hope it finds the way up uh, in the world so it's uh, it's a charitable association that we are trying to create with my friends in Morocco and Casablanca. And we hope to create it by the end of this year. So yes, next year we could start by, you know, helping people, especially in the, the, the poor community in Casablanca and, and, the, and the, the suburb. So, um, yeah. That sounds fantastic. And we definitely look forward to like seeing all that you do and following like the work that you're doing. And yeah, it's been like an absolute joy speaking with you, Ryan. Like I'll hand it over to Atoshi now. Yeah, thank you, Zulu. Yeah, it was so incredible to hear all about it and the charitable organizations that you guys are holding right now. That's also so awesome to hear. So Ryan, you spoke to us about your charitable organizations and everything. Uh, would you like to tell us about how can people support you and where can people connect with you and find you? Yeah, sure. So if you're feeling the vibe of what I'm doing and want to jump on this journey with me, there are plenty of ways to support. First off, simply being here, engaged and interested in the work means the world. I mean, there is also this, uh, you can also, you can always share the content, spreading the words about the initiatives. That's like adding weeks to our shared dreams. And for those who want to dive deeper, there's always room for collaboration. If you have ideas, stories, or just a passion for creating positive change, I'm all ears. Together we can make things happen. And, uh, you know, you can uh, find me on Instagram, Ryan Larzal, and also LinkedIn by also Ryan Larzal. And I'm always open to new connections and fresh ideas. Fantastic. We will definitely be following up with your work. And of course, we are always here to support you with anything we can. And you're like a part of the Curaria family right now. So there's no escaping. Thank you so much. Sadly. <laughs> <laughs> but we've sadly come to the end of the interview and again it's been so great speaking with you. you I've learned so much from you about your journey and just about like how you take on life and how you're trying to like 
change the world through your passion. And I guess our final question, unfortunately, is a question that we ask like all our guests, and it's what your top three recommendations are. And if you have more than three, that's totally fine. The more, the better. But we'd like to know like what your top three recommendations are, what you're loving right now. Books, websites, podcasts, people to follow, shows, movies, anything, anything at all. Yeah, sure. So I think I'm going to give like four recommendations. And they would probably be so a book called The Promised Land from Barack Obama. It's really interesting. There's also this French podcast, but I don't know if you guys will will listen to it. It's uh, La Joue Politique. It's by the media RFI. And there's also this series that I am watching. It's a bit popular, but I'm just starting it. It's a Gilmore Girl. I I am completely obsessed. And a song. Okay. Yeah. So I have this song called uh, Don't You Worry Child by Swedish House Mafia. It's a really great song. So I would also probably recommend it to you. So uh, I think, uh, yeah, that's it. Those are all great recommendations. And I... I tried watching Gilmore Girls once, but like I don't know. I'll probably start it again since you've recommended it. And I, I love always, child. I always want. Oh, sorry, Zulu. I always <laughs> wanted to start Gilmore Girls, but then again, you're also watching Brooklyn Nine Nine. I think I'm on the fourth time watching that show, and I'm you're and obsessed. I, I can't get over it, and it gets better every single time. And I think it's a first that someone recommended a song. I'm definitely gonna listen to it. I think we should ask that too every time we ask that question. Like, if you wanna recommend a song too, that's amazing too, right? Yeah, I love that song. Thank you, thank you so much. I love connecting with people with through music. It's one of the more amazing ways to connect with people, right? Yeah. yeah. I saw something on like Instagram today about how oh gosh I forgot <laughs> I forgot how the quote went but like the second part of the quote said that like music is like paint for t- for time or something like that I don't remember but yeah I think like me- connecting through music is definitely like very cool and yeah of course if you have any playlists share it with us and we'll be sure to share it with like, oh, that everybody. reminded me of there was a movie in Bollywood when I was very young it was called Soundtrack I don't know if anyone can find it anymore it wasn't that big hit film so it was a movie about uh, uh, a singer and he uh, starts to lose his hearing like he loses the ability to hear and mm-hmm. uh, it just shows how he still can feel the and he goes through a mental breakdown and he gets very sad of course you would if you lose hearing if you are a musician that's yeah. very hard on your, your existence depends on it and then he finds himself back through the vibrations because you know music makes vibrations and then mm-hmm. he learns uh, how to lead read and it was an incredible film i just i don't know why i just added that but I, suddenly i just remember there was a pretty or, good film yeah i would definitely added to my list to film to watch because I love the concept and I love all the movies that goes by that concept. So yeah, thank you for that suggestion. In a different way, it portrays the same thing, connecting through music, even though if you even if you can't hear because it touches yeah. you on a spiritual level, right? So yeah. 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 Well definitely I feel like you can definitely learn a lot about a person through the music they listen to. Okay, this has turned into like yeah. a music. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's actually very accurate. You can learn a lot about how what's going on in someone's head just by listening to their music. Have you guys heard about the song called Dancing in the Moonlight? 
people from the hospital thought that the doctors thought he's not going to survive and uh, during in his uh, bedtime or in the when he was hospitalized he actually wrote that song then because he imagined every time he used to get he used to imagine that night he imagined the exact opposite of everything that had happened he was imagining himself dancing under the moonlight and not mm-hmm. actually being abused or being mm-hmm. like mug so i think even from the saddest parts of life the prettiest mm-hmm. music that come up and i don't know music is just amazing man <laughs> yeah oh my god i didn't really accept this story i didn't really accept this end but uh yeah i mean uh we studied this uh, uh this song at uh, at school because we've never really talked about this so thank you for for the information Oh, that's oh I also don't know if that's real. You can't really tell anything <laughs> anymore. But I think if it's true, then it's very sad. I mean, yeah. But I have heard this notion of writers actually writing some of their best works or prettiest pieces of work when they're actually sad or going through a very rough patch of their life. So that's why I kind of believe the notion of the story that you can maybe you can write your most amazing, sweetest things when you're very upset. I don't know. I'm not a writer. I don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's an interesting story. It's kind of sad, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and also, thank you everyone for everything. I mean, you guys, like you've complimented me, but really, you guys are really, really amazing. You're doing an amazing job. I've heard like a few of your podcasts. I've loved it. And, you know, having the opportunity to do this with you guys, it's even more, I mean, I'm so grateful, firstly, to be here with you guys. And I've been also following you guys on LinkedIn. And uh, I'm usually uh, I'm also receiving you a notification from your post. And I really love the content you post. So please keep on going. And if you want ever uh, anything, I'm here also. And uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for saying that. Well, thank you so much, Ryan, for your time and for the conversation after. It was really good, like hearing about like music and all of that. And I yeah. Really- yeah. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you'd like to learn more about Korea, you could check out our website at www.korea.com. You can also follow us on Instagram. Twitter and all other social media at ma.coreria. Stay tuned for season three of the Coreria podcast where we interview more changemakers who are creating impact in their society.